Now, where did I put it? Hmm. Ah, here it is. Welcome to the Toolbox, where we discuss the tools we utilize every day. Yours to use or toss, it's up to you. But I hope you enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome back to Tools for the Toolbox. I am Chance Burles, as you know, and I have another fantastic guest, so we're going to dive right into it with the same thing I always ask. Who are you, and what is your military background? Well, my name is Matthew Van Erp. Uh, my military background for the last 24.9 years was to be an engineer, both in the reserves and regular force. Or the another one of my brothers. Ooh, wow. Uh, right? <laughs> Brother, beaver brothers brother beavers yeah. something like that yeah so now that you're, yeah so you are out how long have you been out for now um since well august 2019 for two years about that now nice. two, two and, and what are you doing right now currently right now i'm going through culinary school at nate uh the northern alberta institute for technology uh graduating in december so a few more weeks and then hopefully going someplace from there so where do you want to go? Oh, I want to go west, but <laughs> um, I the got roads are a little tough to get by. <laughs> yeah, moving right now maybe um, yeah before Christmas little, might little be a tricky thing. Yeah, so yeah, but uh, okay. yeah, my, my journey my journey is taking me west, man. Uh, I got family out there, and um, I didn't, I really need to start exploring. Like the got to start exploring. I got to start traveling. Start you know. Yeah getting the food experiencing things right yeah right so yeah and while so I are you this, like main, i was gonna say are you gonna go to the mainland or like you going in out to the island where both where do you want to go interior both home is where my original home that's ontario yeah yeah no but you're saying you want to go home but where is that no no i want to go to family family's oh, in dc family. my kids are out there uh home oh, okay but for me originally almost growing up was on northern ontario yeah but, yeah out in the bush out in the bush right yeah good time so you've been doing culinary school for two and a half years yeah i didn't need cutting to start with but then i got into yeah. culinary right afterwards and just kept on rolling with it okay and how was your transition out um good i don't like so here's the thing Cam. i don't like the word transition Okay. Right? Because the reason the reason why is because transition basically it sums up it's is that you're changing from one thing to another, right? Like completely disregarding okay. what was and now you're doing something completely new. But mm -hmm. um, it's I like using the term evolve evolution, right? Because it, it was yep. more like you're building. I'm still building on what I used to know, what I used to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'd rather how was my evolution? It's been good. It's yeah. been good. The skills and stuff that I've learned in the armed forces going into this new industry has literally been a cut and paste. And let's, let's execute. Like it's brilliant. Um, nice. As for like all the other, the other parts of the transition, the, the support, the releasing a lot of stuff, I would say it's typical. I mean, yeah. I have no, no heartaches about it or anything. Um, okay. I, I, I worked the system though. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I, you know, I've been, I've said this a few times. I think a lot of transitions or evolutions or whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. um, it, it deter, it's dependent a little bit on your rank because master corporal, you kind of get 
into the admin side of the military and you get mm-hmm. used to doing paperwork and sending requests and waiting for emails and so on and so forth. But sergeant above, really, I mean, it's mostly admin. The actual physical work of being a section commander and above is slowly starting to fade away, right? Like you're not on the ground with the guys all the time. Mm-hmm. And then warrant, you're even less. And then sergeant major, even less. And you have more admin to do, which assists in the transition. Because anything you do through the VA, you have to send paperwork in, get requests, send it this way, talk to that person, yeah. get this person to sign that, blah, 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 blah. And as a private or corporal, you never really got that experience. And so I find sergeants and above usually have an easier transition or a much smoother exit. Yeah. Just because they're used to that. I, I, I can totally see that too, um, 100%. Because, I mean, there is that, like, there is, what was, book was that called? small unit leadership mm-hmm. um they actually have a graph where it's with your rank increases your leadership goes down but your management increases so mm-hmm. around the non-commissioned level side like the uh, the uh, the sergeants and above you're less leader and more management and you're right yeah. when it comes to transition like you know all this paperwork and um seeking additional assistance and resources like you it is open to you 100 percent. yeah and i mean like i got lucky in that I had a, uh, I had a VA rep that just like basically signed me up for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, in the average private and corporal, you don't really know how to advocate for yourself as much. That's true. Whereas, yeah. you know, sergeants and above, they're just like, fuck it. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to go ask for whatever I can get and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> it's the, the, uh, this is a shotgun way of doing things. I'm going to spray everything and hopefully I hit a target. It's, uh, yeah, exactly. it's kind of the same thing. I'm going to apply for everything and hopefully something comes in. Well, I mean, yeah, and I think that's the best part when you talk about bureaucracy, right? Just throw papers at it and see, see what's <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nobody likes paperwork. Like, like as much as I hate paperwork, and I do, um, people who receive my paperwork hate me even more. So uh, if I can drown them to the point where I'm getting what I want because of all the paperwork, doing, <laughs> just sign on. Oh God, here it is again. Oh, okay, just, just just give him what he wants so we can get rid of him. Just <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> That's a good way to do it. Yeah. So on that note, if there was one piece of transitionary or evolutionary <sighs> skill that you would pass on to say yourself two and a half years ago, mm. what would you tell yourself that would make it a little bit easier or just that a little bit, easier, little bit smoother? Maybe. Um, I know. Well, I kind of hit on one, like work the system, right? Yeah. Um, there, there are people out there who like to, like for every person that's getting out, there is likely about a hundred other people who've gone through the same thing in the same period of time, right? Yep. These, these people potentially could be resources. Hell, your podcast is a resource for people to get out, right? Yep. That's um, the whole point. <laughs> that's the whole point of it, right? <laughs> yeah. Like this... This, these podcasts should be like literally you walk in the transition center and it's like, yeah, watch these podcasts and then come back tomorrow, right? Um, yep. Yeah, work the system. Find someone who can assist you to work the system. Ask as many stupid questions as you can. Like, it doesn't yep. matter. Like, what about my Advil? Where do I get my Advil? There's an answer yep. for that, right? Um, oh, for sure. But also, for me, the one thing I'm kind of grasping with um, and I'm just like after two years of getting out, I'm just now kind of focusing on that is remembering where I came from, right? I I used to serve. I'm a veteran. I used to be in the armed forces with a bunch of wonderful dudes and girls, 
and we did some really crazy and awesome stuff. And you can't not just throw that underneath the rug and carry on, right? Yeah. Um, these are people that have your back or, you know, your future in mind too as well. So always, always remember where you came from, always work the system, seek resources, and it's your responsibility. It's my, you know, my responsibility, but you're the one who's in charge of your career at this point. There's no career yeah. manager. There's no babysitting. You want it, you go get it. You grab yeah. it. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. The, um, the ability to basically seek and destroy, right? Like you are, if you want something, it is only up to you. Yeah. You, you can ask for help and there are resources and there are people that will assist you, but no one is going to make you get up in the morning. No one's going to make you do your homework. Yeah. No one's going to make you go to the tests. No one's going to make you study. It, it's all on you. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And, yeah. I mean, that's awesome because no one else can fuck it up either. Right? <laughs> and that's the thing, yeah. Like, who, like if something goes sideways, who's to blame? Well, I, I, I could have done that better. Or, you know, I could have done that more on time. It was, It's all yeah. I statements at that point. I had a choice. Mm -hmm. I made a decision. I took that action plan. Right? So, yeah. I like the, the terminology of evolution, too, because it really is, it, it's a stepping stone. Now, I use transition because uh, in jiu-jitsu, yeah. when you transition to a new position or you transition to something else, you're basically taking what the best parts of what you have and then utilizing those to take a better spot. Mm -hmm. And then you transition into something better, and then you transition to something better. So you're you're constantly growing, and you are technically evolving. But I just use the transition term because I like it; it's in my head. Um, but I also what, like it in terms of uh, in terms of shooting. Too. Yeah. Right. Like if you that's what you use, you're going. I'm going to transition weapons. Bang! You can transition weapons. Easy peasy. Um. But yeah, I don't know terminology. It's tough because words actually matter, and I found that. Mm -hmm. especially working with other veterans, it depends on what they do on how we speak to each other. So when I talk to airborne guys, I use a lot of airborne techno uh, or terminology, mm -hmm. right? And I say, you know, oh, you, if you're, you're getting stuck somewhere, then you just, you know, wait for your green light. As soon as you see that green light fucking out the door, instead of thinking about it and go overthinking and going, Oh shit, is this the spot or is it blah, blah, blah. No, yeah, just, yeah. Green light, go. Whereas if I talk to engineers and I start talking about, you know, sometimes you need to check yourself. That's a very specific terminology for us, right? Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I just stop, right. slow down. Okay, what am I doing? Rethink. Yeah. And so on and so forth. So the terminology is important, but at the same time, it isn't. Because, I mean. Yeah, You've, that's fair. Right? <laughs> it's like, and it's all personal, too. Like, like yeah. you, you kind of hit it on. You're using it because of your background with martial arts and gunplay. Right? Transitioning a weapon, yep. you're going from a, a long barrel, long range to a short pistol, short range. Right, you're changing mm -hmm. your you're changing your combat scenario based on the weapon you're using. Right? Yeah. Um. I don't know. For me, I just like I don't I don't want to change. Like I am very yep. very happy to have served, and I'm very very oh, yeah. happy to bring everything I am bringing. Those those skills, those soft skills, those lessons learned, those are. You use military terms, force multipliers in a new career, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. I've said it so many times to, I don't know how many people now, um, is that a lot of times guys get out and they figure, oh, you know, you know, how do I take, I'm good at being, a, I can shoot a machine gun really well. 
and make that into a, a, a useful skill in the real life. And I'm like, mm-hmm. but you got to you break those down into the smaller skills. What is a machine gunner? What is an engineer? What is conventional munitions disposal? What is blah blah blah? What is being a sniper? Et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, right? And a lot of it comes down. You have really good attention to detail, or you're very team oriented, or you're like, mm-hmm. there's, as you said, the soft skills that build those skills. Because anybody can shoot a machine gun, right? Anybody mm-hmm. can. Mm-hmm. I, well, I mean, <laughs> as long as you as long as you have a finger and a thumb, right? If you have you an opposable thumb, can you can shoot a machine, machine gun. gun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> to utilize it well. You need all those other skills. Right? You have to be able to do all these things, and to be able to bring those soft skills forward is—it's really important. And be able to recognize them, and as you said, bring them forward. Right? Like that's mm-hmm. this is something that you got taught, and now you have—it's uh, now yours to use yep. for that's... whatever you could possibly dream of. And nobody can take and, that away from you. Like no, nope. like someone can empty your bank account tomorrow. What are you going to do? Well, I have all these skills, all these abilities that I can use to get that bank account back. Yeah. Right? Yep. Not like forcefully, but I mean like regrowth, <laughs> I'm trying to say. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, technically, even forcefully, if guess... there, how many, <laughs> how many, how, well, you don't want to, but like how many movies are out there where it's like an ex-military guy staging yeah. a heist, yeah. right? It's because all those skills are applicable to heisting. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, what was that movie? Um, I have a certain set of skills. <laughs> I don't want oh, to yeah. use. Yeah. Liam, uh, Liam, Liam Neeson, that's Taken. Yeah, Taken, yeah. That was what it was. Yeah. Um, but, it, again, it's all in what you can think of, right? What? Do you, how do you want to take those skills and use them? Mm-hmm. That's It's all limit. It's limited to your own creativity. Yeah. Right? And that's, I think, well, it's one of the things that I want to talk to you about specifically, but that is, like, you chose creativity through food. Yes. Right, where did that come from? Where did that go? Ding in your head, and you're like, you know what? This is this is what I'm gonna do. Um, it was really about so. Long story short, pr- prior to my actual release, I was like, I was planning to release, so I was developing new skills, new things to do once I was out, right? And that's when I got my health and life coaching certificate, which included mm-hmm. a whole big portion of nutrition. Well, you, I've seen a lot of nutritionists, and I've been to nutritionists too, where they're like, don't eat this, this is bad, eat this, this is good. But why? And how do we make it taste better? And what can we do with this? Mm-hmm. Like, and how can we use this every day and not turn into such a labor, right? Um, and so when it came, to, when the opportunity to go into culinary, to actually start working with food uh, in service, right, um, it just kind of was like a natural thing fit for me um and it kind of built on everything else i was i was planning to do and now it's just it's at the forefront of everything now where all i want to do is cook food for people both for um like enjoyment but also like nutritional wise as well as um you know assisting with food rescue too as well and yeah it's just been like i just I guess maybe it's like part of being uh, like, in, you know, when you're in the forces, you always want to help people when those domestic ops uh, that, you know, yep. go and you help people oh, yeah. and, you, and how you feel, you know, um, helping someone else. Right. It's, it's the same thing with food. You know, when I serve someone with food and they, you know, I explain everything to it, to them. And then they, 
they enjoy it and they give me feedback back, it's, it's, it creates that relationship, right? Uh, you're trusting me to make you a good food and I am valuing your input on what I've made for you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That, that's a great way to look at it. I, I had an opposite reaction with food, actually. <laughs> uh, a lot of my uh, PTSD symptoms and other issues, I forget about food regularly. Yeah. And I just, I won't eat for a long time because I don't even think it, I don't think about it. I don't really get hungry. And I just kind of, like, it, it, it doesn't really occur to me. And there's been a few times where my wife has been like, have you eaten today? And I, like, start thinking about it going, mm-hmm. did I eat yesterday? Did we, <laughs> what just happened there? But I, like, I used to love to cook and I used to, um, I used to take a lot of enjoyment just from that, being able to put a plate in from in front of somebody and watching them and yeah, like, just right. gaining all of that, the, each stage of it, right? The aroma from the initial, the plating of it, the everything along the way and how they take their first bites and what it, and just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a great feeling. And, uh. Yeah, it's my favorite was always my speciality was uh, fettuccine alfredo with jerk chicken. Ooh, ooh that's really nice. It it, yeah, it yeah. is really good, <laughs> and it's got just enough of a, a kick to it. Like the the jerk is usually strong enough to actually like punch through the alfredo. Yeah, but the alfredo cools it down so it's yeah not all like, those fats and stuff counteract all those yeah. spices and acids. Yeah, I can see that. that it's really good. They're making me hungry at this point, buddy. <laughs> no, I, I totally understand what you're saying about not eating, too, because I am notorious for doing that, too, as well. Um, I'm a big fan of fasting, like immediate fasting and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. So I will actually plan my fasting schedule around me working in the kitchen because, you know, you have to sample stuff and yep. uh, you know, make sure your, your seasoning is good, your spices, and everything's balanced, right? So I'll actually have my window, my eight-hour window, while I'm actually in the kitchen, and that's when I can see my food. But yeah, coming home and like cooking for myself and stuff doesn't happen. No, yeah, um, it's literally whatever I have, throw it in a pot and go. Um, but when it comes to cooking for other people, that's a, that's a different beast altogether. Mm-hmm. I guess the, I mean it makes sense, right? This is um, the benefit of enjoying your work, right? Like you you get something out of just. I want to share. Yeah, I want to share. Right. I I felt the same way when we were, like, when you're actually doing your job overseas. I enjoyed clearing the road because that was the job, right? And Mm -hmm. I'm helping all the people behind me, and now we get to move on forward, and we get to do our mission and all these other things. But just the act of being able to do the job and enjoy it, or enjoying enjoying the job for the sake of doing it. Yeah. (laughs) So that you help all those other people behind you, right? It just, uh, it brings forward. And I think that's why we continue with service, right? You see a lot of military people get out and look for some way to continue serving public, uh, the public service or uh, municipal police, government, firefighting, whatever, right? We just yeah, want yeah. to fall back into that, right? It's a, uh, it's an interesting point. I, I hadn't actually thought about that for, but just the idea of enjoying Service for the sake of service, yeah. Yeah. And that's my original reason why I got in the forces, too, is, like, I wanted to help people. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted to be that, not that shiny knight, but, I mean, um, that person that people needed to come and assist. It it sounds bad. I'm actually, like, putting it into words, but 
<laughs> I actually, yeah. I said, I said <laughs> the exact same thing to my wife a little while ago. My my aunt called me and she had a whole bunch of wood that needed to be cut up. Yeah. And I have a chainsaw, so instead of using an axe and cutting a wood all the wood up, she was like, "Could you come and slice all this all these logs for me?" And I'm like, "Absolutely, absolutely." But I enjoyed the thought of being that guy that the first call where someone goes, "Man, I have a problem." Who can help me with this? Chance can help me with this, right? Yeah. I enjoy being that first thought, like, haha, this yeah. guy will help. And I can be that guy to help and not go, sorry, I got nothing for you. Yeah. And that's, 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 I just kind of think about that too while you're telling, telling your story is that we're in a position, like, especially ex, like veterans and ex service people, even service people in general, like, we are mm -hmm. more than capable to help people. And that's the thing, like, you, like, you're the person with the chainsaw. You're the person who knows how to use that, right? Mm hmm Boom, you're there to help, right? I think that's, yep. um, yeah, I don't know. It's just something to investigate later, I guess. Well, I mean, it's, it's a, I have a bunch of stuff in my truck. And, I mean, you know me when I was in. I would always carry a little bit extra stuff, mm -hmm. right? Because I, I like being that guy. If somebody says, hey, I need ammo, and I'm like, boom, I have extra. I'll yeah. Take it. Or someone says, oh, my socks got wet. Oh, well, I have an extra set. Here you go, right? Just that little bit of extra help to hand out to somebody else makes my life easier because then I also don't have to listen to someone bitch about the fact that their socks are wet for the next 16 kilometers while we're walking. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in my truck, I have tow ropes because I know at some point someone's going to need a tow. And I live at the bottom of a hill, and regularly in the winter, actually, this winter especially, uh, there's people stuck on the hill. So I stop, I got a four by four, I got winter tires, I lock them up and I drive them up to the top of the hill, unlock them and off I go. Mm -hmm. But I was able to, I was, I had the ability, I had the extra little, the little bit, <laughs> the extra yeah. little tool or that extra little thing that I can help out with somebody else. And it doesn't so take I, much I, either. No, it doesn't, no. And a little bit of space in my truck, right? Whatever. And yeah. Uh, what was it? My neighbor borrowed my painter's pole, like my extendable painter's pole. Mm -hmm. Cool. I'm not painting anything with it right now. Enjoy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I think it bleeds into everything, right? If you are that type of person where you just want to help other people move along or get better or do whatever. I mean, you see this a lot in uh, the life coach arena, right? Yeah. That's why people usually get into it or they get into fitness or nutrition or all of the other accoutrements self-help yeah uh yeah the it's all about i want to help you guys out there and i always said that there was a a line on my one of the instructors told me on my bmo course you climb up to the top of the ridge and then once you clear the lip on, on that last step you turn around and put your hand back for the next guy and if they take it cool help them up if they don't cool turn around keep walking mm -hmm. right but just the the idea of turning around and putting the hand back it makes everyone's life easier it takes one second for you and if they're struggling bam your hands there if not not needed move the fuck on yeah um it's something so simple as that too like just like giving a hand just that little extra effort right that that also helps you hugely too right because in your your story um once you're on top of the hill you got two people up there what about the next dude? That next dude gets two hands and he mm -hmm. can get up with all of his equipment and it just becomes easier and easier and easier. 
the more people that are on the same ledge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you think about, I hate thinking about this, but winter warfare. Mm-hmm. Were you on that exercise where we went out to trail BC? No. And, no? Okay. I heard so stories. we went out to trail. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was an interesting time. The, um, <laughs> there was a point where we had to snowshoe up a mountain. And like it, it was about a two kilometer straight shot up the side of the mountain, but it was like an eight kilometer set of switchbacks all the way up yeah, to yeah, the top. Right, and we're in snowshoes and the old crappy army snowshoes, right? <laughs> Just and rucks and weapons and all the gear and the sled and like it was horrible. Yeah, kind of hilarious but horrible. Um, and we were humping our asses up there with guys in traces guys on the, on the back of the sled were pulling we're pushing and it was like every 15 maybe 15 minutes we were switching out just constantly it was it was like the every probably two or three minutes one person was changing so by the time 15 minutes goes by you'd have like a new set of dudes on but it was just it was so physically draining yeah uh and you couldn't dress down because you're in the mountains and the wind is blowing and it like it just hey crummy time <laughs> but if you if you don't take the time to go that guy looks fucking tired i should probably switch him out then you have to wait for him to go i'm fucking exhausted and then the whole everyone has to stop because he's too exhausted to get himself out yeah so by not doing that extra that little bit extra to help that other person near fucking everybody over yeah 100%. to a degree to a degree yeah. i mean you're, i mean they're kind of fucking themselves but it's the same concept, right? You want to, if you do a little bit to help other people, then everybody does a little bit to help everybody and then everybody gets help and then everybody mm-hmm. goes farther and everyone gets to the top of the mountain and nobody gets hurt until I got to the top. I got run over by a sled and hyper stood in my knee. That's a different story. That's but... a different story. That's, that's <laughs> your point was made and then we went sideways. Yeah. We went sideways on it, but yeah, the, um, but it, it yeah, it's funny because the military teaches us this, right? Constantly in everything we do, yeah. teamwork, 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 teamwork. And we get out and we s- spread out to the myriad of the, the country and we stop helping each other. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, it, it's hard to, uh, hard to manage. And this is where, um, we need to start learning how to benefit from other people's efforts as well. <laughs> yeah. Cause we're so used also it, to like keeping things inside. Too. Like, oh, you know, I want to push myself, go, 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 because I can, I'm helping these people rest while I'm getting exhausted. But there becomes a mm-hmm. point where you become more of a detriment being exhausted than just saying, hey, can we switch up earlier? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. And I mean, also, you were, you've been around, you were in long before I was. And I remember when I first got in, it was still very much everyone had to keep their, uh, their plans close to their chest, right? You don't want to talk yeah. about what you plan to do because then somebody else is going to take your idea and they're going to, uh, I don't know, go far with it. Yeah. Uh, and I always, I, I, it never quite worked in my head why people would do that. And I think now that the roles have changed slowly, the culture within the military has changed slowly. By the time last few years, you start seeing it where people are like, willingly trying to help each other <laughs> yeah back in the day never happened no. so it's uh 
It was yeah, a different piece too. I mean, like we didn't really have, um, like it wasn't there wasn't much going on when like majority of my career. Like you know, there was Bosnia, there was Kosovo, there was Afghanistan. Um, that was like I would say the later half of my career. But like yeah. you're you're right. Like at the beginning there, well, we were pretty much stagnant, waiting for something. Like you got a bunch of warriors sitting around going, "Hey, whose turn is it to sweep the floor?" Right? Versus, hey, let's go practice section attacks on the concrete, right? Yeah. Which <laughs> which one's more beneficial in the long run, right? So, I mean, um, clean floor to do your section attacks, of course. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, once we actually had a more of a solidified purpose, I, 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 I totally agree with you how everything kind of started shifting for the benefit of the team as a whole versus yeah. I'm just here to make a, build my empire. Do you find that... Um... Now that you've been out and you've been in school for a while, do you find that that is more prevalent or less prevalent? We um, talk about civilians and there people are not used to having somebody who is capable and willing to help. I'll tell you that much. Um, real short story. Uh, went to Kelowna this summer for an internship, right in the kitchen, uh, and one of the other interns forgot their knives. They didn't bring. They were flying. They they didn't know they could just check them in as tools and then go from there. So for the first yep. week, we were sharing my knife kit, and um, it got to the point where like I needed my knife. My knife was in someone else's hands. Well, I can't just say, "Hey, stop what you're doing. I need my knife." So I actually ended yep. up going like out of my way, going to like Walmart. I think it was buying like a thirty dollar knife set. Here you go, right? Uh, quick. I mean, like a quick knife roll for something for like a dollar round. I forget what it was. It was just like, it was like two cents. Uh, and, and it's like, yeah, here, use these knives. These are yours for until you give them back or, you know, buy them for me. I don't give yeah. a shit. Um, yeah. But later on, it became such a, a thing like, oh, you know, you bought me knives and, you know, I'm thinking your intentions are wrong. I was like, no, I bought you knives because you were interfering with my performance. <laughs> you were slowing me down. So I mean, like, I brought you up to my level. So that we yep. could do this together, and that that was a concept that couldn't that wasn't quite grasped until like just recently. I hope um, that I, I did it not as a, a smite or as you know to flex, but more of a the team needs to grow together. Like, yeah, you can't just leave one person behind. So uh, yeah, well, if you have, go ahead, go ahead, you go ahead. Um, so yeah, I see it. It's it's a different. Like we're bringing a lot out, we're bringing a lot from our table to onto someone else's table, and they don't know how. Some people don't know how to take it. Hmm. And have you figured out a plan on how to manage that, or is it just still? I'm just trying, trying to, to keep on doing me. Honestly, if someone needs help, I'm going to help them, hundred percent. Mm -hmm. And if they if they take offense to it, it's like, here's my reason why I helped you. Um, here is the goal and outcome I'm looking for. And mm -hmm. we want to do this together, or we can do this separately. You tell me right now. And then that's that. I don't keep on doing my job and help someone else. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense because if two people are slower on the team, then the whole team is slower. Mm -hmm. If everyone is uh, up to a bar, then everyone is faster. Like the team moves better. I mean, we, we used to do this in um, logger sports, right? You have that. Uh, that obstacle course we used to do where you have to push the friggin' cinder block and the logs oh, have to yeah. come out. And that, like, that atrocity. 
Yeah. Oh man, I love motorsports. So I love motorsports too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> that one, that one was a challenge. That was tough, man. It was. Who, but, <laughs> Who came up? You know, with, with the we. I remember I was running the the last year I ran it. Uh, for I ran the team. Mm-hmm. I had it set up so I had all of the tall guys pushing, and I had all the short guys moving the logs out, and they were like, "Well, what's like why I'm I'm a big guy I can push hard I'm like that's great but your legs are tiny, so yeah. you're going to affect everybody else pulling the logs because your legs are going to be shorter than wherever you are right yeah and we did quite well on it it just uh but it's that same idea right it, if if I help you go a little bit faster and I'm going a little bit faster then we are all going faster yeah so right. yeah whereas I mean I think. Yeah, the concept of the team is very hard to uh, explain to someone who's never lived in a team. Right? An I mean, extreme if you go... team too. An extreme team yeah. too. Like there's 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 people who's like, oh, I've been part of a high school football team. Well, that's good between X hours and X hours. But like, yeah. we've like veterans, like we've lived being. There's been times on tour for six months at a time. I've been the brother father, uncle, buddy, you know, like I've been like all the hats in one day. And it's yep. just because like, it's all about the team. Yeah. And it, it, we all, we move forward together. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I've said it a few times as uh, a buddy asked me once that what was the difference between a civilian friend and an army friend? And I was like, an army friend I could call at three in the morning uh, and say, show up here with a shovel. And they just would, right? <laughs> just be like, "All right, what kind of shovel?" It wouldn't even, it wouldn't even phase them. But also, you know, when we're talking about the reason why a lot of guys miss being overseas was the fact that you could hate someone, and they would take a bullet for you. Oh, hundred percent. Regardless, right? It didn't matter. You were in the uniform, and doesn't matter what they feel, how they feel about you. It's for the team, and that's that concept. I think a lot of people, like I said, with it don't live in that team. As you said, if you are mm-hmm. in a high school football team, you have practice and, you know, you hang out after hours a little bit, but you don't live there. You're not every day, all day long beside these guys That's to true. the point that you want to throttle them sometimes, but other times you got to, you know, sometimes they need a hug. Sometimes you take that throttle for them. Sometimes you take that throttle. Exactly. Whatever you got to do, right? It's uh, it's, it's an interesting way of life for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, now to completely switch gears, let's mm-hmm. jump back into food here. Yeah. Uh, well, actually I'll use a segue after I destroyed my segue. <laughs> the thing about, uh, smooth, Chad, smooth. yeah, <laughs> I'm throwing it. I'm just throwing it all the way. Um, <laughs> one of the first things I learned about trauma was the fact that, um, your olfactory and um, taste centers yeah. are are closer. have a closer link to memory than your other senses. Mm-hmm. So you're able to um, you're able to. Um, bleh, my brain just shut down. You'll be able to take memories or recall memories more if there is a scent or taste marker involved in those things. In good ways and bad things, right? The smell of a baby reminds you of when you had your baby and they were small and that's a great feeling 
the smell of diesel and blood mixed together are not a great smell and reminds me of bad things that have happened. Mm -hmm. And those smells can bring you right back. So when you're cooking, when you're creating those meals, when you're creating those things, how much does that play into it? How much is the overall aroma of it? Create that memory. Dude, I mean, that's, uh, that's pretty, you got like six hours. We can talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. If, yeah. If you think about it, the olfactory and smelling is your first physical sensory intake because you can hear stuff and you can see stuff, right? Those are energy, right? Mm-hmm. Those are vibrations of sound and light, but smelling something, you're actually picking up physical particles of the thing you're smelling. And you're mm-hmm. processing it through your, your body, like through your lungs and through your, hitting your, uh, what's that, the Jacob membrane inside your nose, right? Um, yeah. That's when there's that first physical interaction with what you're experiencing. When it comes to food, that's that's the second thing I'm, I'm aiming for, uh, is that yeah. initial smell, right? Um, so I did, just recently, Nate's doing uh, Twitch a Twitch stream for the Ernest restaurant. And it's basically a competition between the students. Like, here we go, we're going to make, make something, we present it, we get um, judged on it and then commented, right? But my last thing I did was, uh, it was a beef tartare, but I put it on a, a, like a bowl with a glass of dome. Actually, like, ugh. very similar, like one of these things. I use that for purple, okay. but anyway. Yeah. Um, I put that over the tartare and I smoked hickory on the inside. So technically, it's not a smoked product because it hasn't gone through the smoking curing process. Mm-hmm. But the moment they pulled off that lid, all they're getting is this big whiff of hickory, and then they're getting that mm-hmm. barbecue feeling, and then that, that that fireplace, right? And that like totally set the mood for what I wanted wanted these tartars to represent like, as part of the meal. Right? It was supposed to be very mm-hmm. rustic and very um, like. You know, like old old world, I'm going to say, kind of feel, yeah. right? And yeah. so, in the culinary side, yeah, that's what that's that's one of the most important things. Um, and when it comes to taste, too, you know, your your like your taste buds and your tongue and stuff—they only pick up the the scent, the, the salt, the sweet, the sour, the acidic, and the umami, right? They don't pick mm-hmm. up the finer details of things. So when you have like chocolate, you're just tasting the bitterness or the sweetness of the chocolate. But it's your nose that's telling you it's chocolate. Mm. So it has a huge, mm. huge impact in developing developing flavors and uh, profiles and memories and everything. Yeah. Do you have like when you specifically lay out? You were saying that you, you're going for like this rustic kind of feel to it. Yeah. <clears throat> Is that part of your planning process ahead of time? Is it like I want? Like, how does that? Uh, oh yeah, follow that path. Totally, it's it like everything. Every meal I do, um, there's a plan behind it. Like there's a lot of thought and planning, and it's and the one thing I do too, which I I learned from the military, was mental rehearsals. Right. So mm. when I when I go for these competitions or I show for a day's work, and it's like okay, I got X X X to do, I've already mentally rehearsed it so many times that it's it's already done. I just got to put mm-hmm. it together and you know, present. But yeah, I actually use the, uh, the military orders fan, uh, format for my kitchen plan, which mask, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I just changed. I, I was going to ask you if you use orders for it because I do, I do. <laughs> it, awesome. It's a hundred percent. It's a, 
yeah, everything's in there. Like the only thing I've changed was mission for menu and that's it. That makes sense. Same thing yeah. though, really. Same thing. Like, what's the plan? What's the plan? Well, this is what we're making. Okay, cool. Yeah. Right. But group is that's a task. Great. It's exactly the same. Like, you know, you're going to be working on this and, and then timings, that's a big part in the kitchen too. Right. So mm -hmm. if you have, you have an H hour and you got to execute yeah. for them. Yeah. And the nice thing is like, you can time those steps. Right, like mm -hmm. I always had an issue when we when I'd write my orders for like recce or stuff like that, and you're looking at, oh well, if I'm going to move from point A to point B, that's probably going to take me 20 minutes, unless you read the wrong, the, unless you read the map wrong, or you hit a swamp that you didn't know was there, or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, there's things that get in the way, but you know when you're cooking steak and you got okay, I got four minutes on this side, and I got four minutes on that side, and you can like reverse engineer that to a point where you go, I need to start it at X point to be, have it cooked, yeah. to have it, or blah, 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 blah. But then you're even, you're thinking about that in regards to the rest of your team, right? Because you're cooking yeah. this eight minute steak. It's got to rest yeah. for two minutes. So there's 10 minutes right there. On your mat or your vegetation station, there's there they've got to whip out all the potatoes, the vegetables and all that stuff. And they want that plate ready at that 10 minute mark. So they got to adjust right. their time. Sauce right. every station, they're in the same boat. It's like, okay, what sauce we got to do? Make sure we have enough, warm up the temperature, make sure we're ready to present. Plates are all warm. Like, it's it's snowballs. And so, um, like, when, when, you're, when you're in a kitchen and an order comes in, it's not just, okay, crush out this food and push it out. It's like, literally, okay, range. How much time do you need? Can I start mine? Are you done yours? Okay, start mine? Cool. That'll be like four minutes, saucier, plating station, that's going to be five. You know, so it's... Timing is huge in yeah. both industries. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you really wanted to look at it a certain way, you could you could look at it as a as a basically a battle plan, right? That's what a set of orders is is a yeah. a plan to tell you how this battle is going to come out. And the benefit is when everyone knows the commander's intent, we can all mm -hmm. work towards the intent. If if all of your um, your prep staff and all your service staff and all your um, your cooks and stuff have they know the plan they know the intent they need this 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 to happen blah, blah, blah. it just makes everything mm -hmm. easier and uh, I mean it gets the same thing I was talking with a buddy of mine a little while ago about um, I don't remember how we got on the subject but he was talking about the one thing we don't do enough in the military is rehearsals. Yeah, so when you agreed. set up your recce and you're doing your orders and your two ICs should be running rehearsals and should be making sure everyone has food and water and all these other things, usually rehearsals are at the very end, right? They're like, oh, I know my stuff. They should, they know what they're talking about, blah, blah, blah. But maybe they don't. <laughs> and being able to rehearse those things ahead of time, that's part and parcel of it. And if you are if you can maintain a standard, those rehearsals don't need to take as long, but they still need to happen. Mm -hmm. Does that, in the kitchen, is this very similar, or is it more like these people have the skill sets, just tell them what to do and they should be able to do it? From what I've seen, yeah, that's just the latter. It's like you're in yeah. a kitchen, okay, you should know how to do this, go. Um, but for the people who do the rehearsals, who do plan out in depth and detail, um, mm -hmm. it is, it is like night and day different as smoothness, right? Um, a person can come in with no plan or no nothing. It's like this is what I'm doing. Here's my recipe. Here's my recipe on my phone. I'm just going to like check every five minutes on Google or a dude who has like everything written out, you know, like on, 
Don't laugh, but like you know, message pads, right? Yeah, um, those are great books, man. I'm not laughing. Those are awesome to have. <laughs> they are. Um, if you have everything laid out, like I can literally, I plan when I'm going for beers after after class or after mm-hmm. work, like finish, clean up, execute, have beer, go from there, right? So I mean, it is rehearsals are. Dude, rehearsals don't have to be anything big either. Like I already mentioned, like how I'm mentally rehearsing, uh, like the day's work. And I, I do that mm-hmm. in bed when I wake up. Like I do my meditation, my affirmation, my rehearsals in bed before I get up and brush my teeth. So to bring rehearsals down to like a personal, very small level, mm-hmm. I think would benefit everyone. That makes so. That's basically it, what it's discipline, right? Like if you have the discipline to maintain a set standard of doing things mm-hmm. and to rehearse the very specific things. I mean, I talk about self-talk a lot throughout all, all my podcasts and, you know, we can beat the living shit out of ourselves regularly, or we can talk ourselves up. Both things are bad at an extreme, right? If you're constantly talking about how awesome you are, well, then you're, you're arrogant. No one wants to be around you. Yeah. If you're constantly talking about how horrible you are then no one wants to be around you, but you have to be able to, there's a, uh, there's a balance where you say, you know, Oh, my back's really hurting today. Maybe a rucksack march is not the best plan, mm-hmm. but I still need to exercise. So what am I going to do? And then you plan it out and you start working your rehearsals into what you're capable of doing right now, rather than, you know, what you want to be able to do, because I imagine it's similar in a kitchen, right? If you, if you wanted to pound out the most extravagant, lavish meal in the world in a small, you know, 200 square foot kitchen, (laughs) (laughs) probably not going to work. Right. No. Um, but if you have a full size kitchen a full size industrial kitchen and you have a staff of 10 and you like, you can plan out for whatever the hell you want. Exactly. Yeah. And that's so, what I, I see I, a lot of a lot of the kids do. I call them kids because they're younger than I am. Um, they come in with like, "Oh, I want to do this magical thing," you know. It's like, "Okay, where are you going to do this? How are you going to do this? What's the plan for this? What's the execution? Where are you going to cook that? Where are you going to what's that? How's it going to interfere with everything else we're doing?" And mm-hmm. it's just like, "I just want to make this." It's like, uh, you may want to reassess that. <laughs> so we yeah. see that in jujitsu all the time. People come in and be like, I saw this wicked move on Instagram. I do it too. I do it all the time. I'll be like, ooh, that's sweet. And I'll walk into my, my instructor and be like, can you teach us this? And he's like, there's like 17 steps just to get there. Yeah. No, we're not, we're not doing that. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's also understanding your capabilities, right? But it's also adapting to, um, like I'm thinking more food here versus mm-hmm. but, um like I'm the same, I'm the same way, man. On Instagram, I find something pretty, like utilized, like ooh, I'm gonna replicate this. But then I actually instead of just saying I want to, I'm just gonna do this, right? I actually break it down, I dissect it, I think about the individual components, I, you know, research those individual components. So when I can or when I have the opportunity to put it together, I've already done all the background stuff. Yeah, your 17 mm-hmm. steps, like you said, right? Good old battle procedure. Yeah, bird. Um, <laughs> there is actually, there's actually a uh, Instagram, I'm going to plug it, but, um, find cooking thoughts. It's, um, basically just, it's not a cooking channel, but it's like tips and trips for the industry. Right. 
And yeah. they said, Hey, you know, I, I joined, I subscribed to their page and said, Hey, throw us a, throw us a intro. Right. So I threw them an intro. And the one thing I said is like, Hey, if everyone in the industry learned how to do Smask, like every day would be smooth as glass. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. A good set of orders is so nice. I was talking, I, when I did my business plan for my, uh, the program in Nate that I did, mm-hmm. it was, it was a set of orders and I'm pretty sure I drafted it in like an hour. Yeah. It was just one of those, like you just, okay, situation. I need to build a business. It needs to do this, 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 and this cool. And you just move along and you, it, you know, being able to, um, or not, not being able to, but being able to utilize those skill sets, being able to take something that is very militaristic, you do X, A, B, C, D, blah, 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 and put it into the world, being able to utilize, and as you said earlier, evolve, but you yeah. have to evolve what you're looking at, right? It's not situation-friendly, situation-enemy, it's situation-dinner, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, you, you know? Command, commander's yeah. intent, chef's intent. We have 200 yeah. troops to destroy, we have 200 places to feed. Exactly the same thing. Just being having the the mental agility, I guess, to be able to utilize those things, and I I try to do this on my podcast as much as possible is take the skills or the uh, whatever we're talking about and apply it to a military context because we all know what a section attack is. So, well, hopefully, we all know what a section. <laughs> most of us know what a section attack is. Yeah. Um, but again, we can utilize that to. Uh, pass on that little bit of knowledge, that little bit of, uh, that little tidbit that they, somebody else can grab a hold of. I'm like, Oh, I haven't tried that yet. I can, I'm going to go do that. So what is your, this is just my own personal question, but what is your favorite meal to cook? Like if you, if you could just make one. Like individual plate or like an entire technique. Well, let's say a meal. So, like, meal. I, I have, I'll, I will give you mine because I've made it many, many times. And it's a three-stage meal. I usually start, my starters are um, very simple, and I forgot what they were, but I'm going to move on. <laughs> like the, <laughs> the fettuccine alfredo with chicken is my standard. Yeah. Right? Oh, it was um, a spinach salad is usually my starter a very light spinach salad with a raspberry vinaigrette, which is one of my favorites. Uh, and then the fettuccine alfredo with jerk chicken. And then I have a really, really rich dessert that I make, which is a uh, black bottom banana cream pie. Ooh. It is delicious. Super rich. Yeah, like, so good. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. uh, but something like that. What, what would be your, like, your ideal, if you could just, this is what I want to have for dinner right now, and... <sighs> I want to forget it. Like, right, um, hmm, this chicken. You know what? I like chicken. <laughs> I know it's so bad as a chef, but, like, you uh, it's like, there's so many things that I, I really enjoy and like, but, um, like, if, like, you got one ingredient or one meal, I want chicken. That's pretty much it. Uh, I do a nice, um, double seared oven roasted chicken. Um, ah, it's just chicken, man. I don't know. Um, Man, so what would you what would you do to the chicken though? Or are you just gonna take it one 
chicken breast, throw it on, throw it, sear it, and then throw it in the oven? Like what? What is the? Pretty much, yeah. Like you take like a quarter chicken, so like the the drumstick and the thigh, skin on, of course, because that's where a lot of the good nutrients are from. Uh, mm-hmm. You throw it in your pan with some olive oil, rosemary, garlic, splash of butter, just because flavor, and you, mm-hmm. you sear until the skin gets crispy. Flip it over until it gets some color and brown. Throw the entire cast iron pan in the oven. Wait until the internal temperature is around 165, and then yeah, that's your that's your roasted chicken. It takes like maybe okay. ten minutes. To, to what would you pair that with? Um, let's see. I would pair that with a nice peas and carrots, honey glazed with uh, mm. volcanic salt. Add a little bit of nice. uh, alkaline to that, and then just you know mm-hmm. those little mini potatoes, those colorful mini potatoes. Some of those smashed. Mm. So like quick boiled. Smash them, throw them in a frying pan with some uh, salt and pepper, maybe some cayenne or paprika for flavor and some color. Give a nice little brown sear at that, serve it right beside everything else. Yep. Nice. And then top, that sounds top delicious. it with a, with a buttery, like a very buttery sauce, like a bechamel, not a bechamel, not a, don't take a bechamel again. Bearnaise, bearnaise. So it's kind of like hollandaise with more onion. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm getting hungry now, too. Uh, and then what would you have for dessert? I, uh, been practicing my Alaskan bakes. So, which oh. is basically like a, uh, an ice cream cake, but with meringue on the outside, like, you know, the egg white meringue, right? And then mm-hmm. torched until it's all nice and crispy. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Then mm-hmm. I'm, I'm starting to get hungry. <laughs> That's a good thing. <sighs> It it yeah oh, I didn't eat breakfast so that could be it too. <laughs> um, okay, well you know it. The one thing I love about food is that there is a there's a community aspect to it. Yeah. Right, like being able to sit at a table and have a big meal and have that that group um, feeling to it. It just. And again, the smells and the aromas and the sights and being able to, like, there's, there, at this restaurant I used to work at, uh, I would always, I would see this happen. They'd get a big round table of like eight, nine people and the food would start coming out and it would just, there would always be these, Ooh, oh, I should have got that. Oh, that mm-hmm. looks so good. Mm, oh, it smells. Oh. And you just like, all of a sudden, everyone starts being immediately engaged with each other and the food. Yeah. And it's just a great thing to see. That's, that was probably my favorite site at a working in a restaurant. What is what is your favorite site or favorite thing about working in this realm? So I want to I want to say this from like the kitchen side of the line, right? Not actualize the customers, right? Mm-hmm. But when and this is like it comes back to like the military too. But when things are in the flow on the line where you've got multiple stations, they're dancing around each other, they're communicating proper, things are being pushed on time, perfect. That flow, that intensity, that is my most favorite thing in a kitchen because the team is working so smooth and everything's going out so nicely, right? And then you get the exact opposite where things, people can't communicate, people can't get things done, there's, there's missing this, missing that. And it turns into mm-hmm. a complete raging storm, right? But turns things... into an episode of Hell's Kitchen, mm-hmm, right? Right? Make yourself a sandwich, <laughs> whatever you. Um, 
But no, when things are glass smooth, man, it is yeah. the most satisfying, satisfying feeling to be able to push out this food and then, like to watch the people eat it and consume it. And you're like, yeah, okay, they enjoy that. I did right. Or, you know, oops, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll fix it, right? That That is such an exhilarating feeling. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. I... The only thing I've ever had that, like close to that was um, you've many had years it. ago. You've what? had it. That's the thing. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to cut you off, but you've had this okay. feeling. Yeah. You've ever been on a section attack? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Many you times. When you guys are moving just smooth, you're just yeah. taking, you're taking yeah. terrain. You're putting bullets where they need to be. Your machine gunner's mm-hmm. on the hill just like laying down everything. Yeah, that that was me. <laughs> yeah, right. And, okay, and you can see your team; they are moving, they are taking. Yep. Right, that like yep. I'm getting shivers talking about this, but oh, yeah. that feeling of watching everything go smooth like that—that's the same yep. feeling. It, it's the similarities between a kitchen and the military are just like they're oh, so yeah. intertwined. It's funny when when things are slick and it just works. And I remember doing one section attack with a bunch of dudes. And no one spoke. Yeah. Right. It just, everything yeah. worked and everyone was moving and everyone was doing stuff. And then you just hear the call outs, right? And be like, fucking group, group, group. And everyone was just, boom. Yeah. And everyone was moving again. Uh, yeah, that was a great feeling. I was going to say the one time that I really recall that where I was outside of it, just watching. And it felt good. Like, it felt good on my eyes to watch that happen. Yeah. Uh, we had a dude come down from from uh, Ottawa, from the hill and teach us, I think it was like two days worth of um, house, like room clearances and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And just watching him move through the rooms was, it was just gorgeous. <laughs> every step, every movement, every every time the rifle came up and back, and like it just, it was gorgeous. And just being able to sit and watch that, I was like, yeah, that that's fucking awesome. And... Yeah, you see, it's nice when you get that feeling and it just clicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no. Yeah. When we're when we're not talking in the kitchen and things are just smooth, like we have to, right? It's communication. But you think of like a yep. section section attack too, movement, fire, and covering, right? You know, Charlie team take the trench, prep grenade, I need ammo. It's the same mm-hmm. thing on, on the kitchen. It was like, you know, range, two minutes, grill station, you know, this and that, pan station. How's that coming? I need some salt. Send some fries up. Drop some stuff. Shop, okay, you know, here you go. Table six needs yeah. this. And like, it's just, but when things are smooth out of that chaos, it is just such a mm-hmm. delightful feeling. Mm-hmm. It really is. That's a great way of putting it. The smoothness in chaos yeah. is, it's so beautiful. And there, I use the term or the saying, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Oh, I use it all the time. I preach that in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, people are like, oh, it, panic, panic, panic. I'm like, no, 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 slow her down. Do it right the first time. There is no panic. Yep. I'd, I'd say it in jujitsu all the time. Like, I, I'm a blue belt now, so there's yeah, some white belts that are always, no, thank you. And uh, I tell them all the time, though, like, we'll be rolling. They're like, oh, uh, was it was it this or was it that or did my leg or, like, what should I done? And I'm just like, slow down, man. <laughs> Pick one thing. Do that thing. Until mm-hmm. you have it, don't think about anything else. Just get that one thing. After that, think about something else. Because, I mean, you you remember being a private, being a brand new guy, and they're all like, okay, we need to do this, 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 and this, and this. And you're like, what? Okay, cool. <laughs> this is a point yeah. in interaction, right? Yeah. 
and then you start to panic because you don't really know what the next four steps are and oh my god blah 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 but you just like even in that section attack right yeah shoot move communicate shoot <laughs> move communicate okay, that's that's all it is yeah we're the same way yeah um, oh, that's awesome. Okay. And that, and that brings up a different, like another little point too, um, where as veterans too, we are we are good at like, where do you want me to go? Put, put me in the direction. Okay, I'm going to execute, and that's it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people. What's that? What's that phrase called? The uh, when you analyze something and then you don't do it because you're freezing. Oh. Um... Uh, uh, yeah, right. Paralyzation by analyst paralyzation. Uh, yeah. Is, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's. I find that like veterans, we're good at just like, okay, we'll deal we'll deal with the details in a sec. I'm going to start executing because this needs to be done. Um, yeah. and a lot of Paralysis people, by analysis. Right. That's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Analysis. That happens all the time. And you see it in everything, though. Not just oh, yeah. like you see it in traffic. You see it in business, you see it in life, you see, uh, you know, I know lots of mm -hmm. people who are sitting there like, I, you know, I don't, I really want to have a family, but I don't know if I'll be able to do it. And I don't know if I'm ready and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, that, that shit doesn't have, like, you don't all of a sudden just get ready yeah. and then you have kids. No. <laughs> no. And every plan you thought you had, that was the other thing that um, I think we're really good at was, you know, no plan survives first contact, right? The moment that round goes over your head, your plan is fucking toast. It, yeah. it might work kind of the way you wanted it to, but really it's just like, okay, we're going to figure it out from here. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And in life, man, that, that, that's, that's life. That is life. That is life. Just got to figure out every day as if it's the only day you got, because really. And that's, that's, that's the thing too. Like you got to focus on taking a little bit back to the kitchen, but like one plate at a time, right? And yep. the same thing, one day at a time, one task at a time, one life-changing event at a time, right? And do that right the first time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and don't, don't be afraid to learn, right? Like, shit's yeah. not going to work sometimes. Evolution, yeah. Your, your best try <laughs> is sometimes just not going to work, and you, okay, cool. Yeah, and you got to be cool with that, too. And like, I, I know, yeah. like, like, there's a lot. I'm trying to make bread in the oven right now at the same time. And I know I'm going over my proof time, but I'm kind of more curious now to see how, uh, how this turns out. Like you gotta be willing gotta to fail. Yeah. Like failure doesn't mean anything really at the end of the day. I mean, there, there this, is I some consequences. That... I'll, I'll, I'll step back on that one. There is something well, you, no, no. you can't, but 99% yeah, like... of the stuff consequences are consequences right like yeah. you have to be able to look at those consequences and say okay cool and then learn and move on yeah uh and i think one of the hang-ups for military guys why we don't like to fail is because usually for us failure means somebody dies exactly that's why i stood back and too, that because i feel that too it is a it's a very hard thing to shift from being in the being in it and going like if i fuck up somebody's toast yeah that's that's not a great feeling but in the real world outside of the military outside of combat outside of all this other stuff yeah you know if i don't make my timing there was a great comic i saw early on when i first started school and it was like it's just a couple stick figures and the guy's like there's a teacher talking to a student and the teacher's like you handed in your assignment 15 minutes late do you know what that means 
And the guy's like, uh, people die. <laughs> the teacher's like, no, no, you lose 10% off the top. What is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, as the vet, I was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. Like if I don't make yeah. a timing. No one's dying. No one's dying. Yeah. I'm just late. That's just the way it is. I still uh, suffer that too. So like oh. everything I do, I'm less like, shit, if I don't get it done, someone's going to, wait, someone's just going to get their food late. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. But you know, at, I, myself, I used to bake bread a lot. That was one of my favorite things to do. And, uh, again, I'm going to talk about my own achievements here for a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I used to make this really great Asiago cheese bread. So I used a, it was like a sugar loaf. So it was like a sweet white bread. And then before I actually did the roll up and put it into the loaf shape, I would take uh, big chunks of Asiago and spread it out across the whole thing and then roll it up. Oh, nice. So I would put shredded Asiago into the mixture, into the actual dough, and then a layer of cheese. And then once it was baked, you cut it open and there'd be this cheese swirl through the whole thing. It was it's delicious. One of my favorite things to make. And it was a sweet bread with a little bit of the stronger cheese, right? So that there's yeah, that yeah, nice contrast. Yeah. Really good stuff. Anyway, uh, I tried to make it with my son one day and as much as he wants to be a great helper when he was three, he was not the, the best helper. <laughs> uh, he's much better now, now that he's mm -hmm. eight, he's a much better help in the kitchen, <laughs> but at the time, not so much. So we've been rolling for a little bit over an hour here. And I, I just want to say thank you very much, man. It's been yeah, man. an absolute pleasure chatting with you again. And uh, I was going to ask, is there anything else you wanted to add on? Anything burning in your head that you'd like to say to the masses? Oh, no. My voice Put you on the spot hurt? again. Oh, no. no. Um, believe in yourself, honestly. You've, it, for people who are getting out, trans, transitioning, evolving, um, believe in yourself. Like you, this is your next step of a wonderful journey and just keep on living day by day. That's it. That's fantastic. Giver. Giver. <laughs> Giver like no one else is watching. Yeah. Because really no one is. I mean, no if you think about it, the, the rest, cares. like no, one, no yeah. nobody cares. <laughs> just do what you want to do, man. Yeah. Have fun at it. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Uh, all right. If anybody, um, if anybody wanted to find you social media wise, get some tips, tricks, or anything yeah, from you, um, how would they find you? Primarily right now, Instagram is my big thing. So it's Matt PVE. So pop up Victor Echo at Instagram, right? Uh, happy, oh, sorry, Healthy Habit Mentoring also on Instagram and Facebook. That's my health coach inside the house. Um, other than that, yeah, just hashtag Matt PVE and you likely find me on most social media things. Wicked. Yeah. all right man well again I, I can't thank you enough for being on here it's been just a great chat i think there's a lot of information that has been passed on in this chat that people are going to get a lot out of so i'm I, I can't thank you enough it's been awesome and thank you too chance for everything you're doing here i mean this is we need this as a community yeah. so. i i agree i uh I get to, I get to sit around in my basement and chat with people. <laughs> Just make sure you're wearing pants. It's pretty good for me, man. Honestly, I think I learn more uh, every time I do one of these than uh, that I'm giving out. But I'm happy to share it. This is awesome. Yeah. And yeah. So again, thank you very much. Uh, I look forward to hopefully getting you on another time. 
Maybe yeah, we actually have your own restaurant and we can talk more specific cooking stuff. I'm more of a private chef, so if anyone wants to hire me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, 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 if anybody wanted to hire you, how would they do that? Same thing. Just look, hook me up, uh, email, whatever, and then we can discuss. I mean, it's, uh, it's not a like quick, like, make me dinner tonight thing. It's more like two weeks down the road, here's a plan, and you're going to get a yeah, plan yeah. and a menu mm-hmm. and everything else. So, yeah. All right. Well, GMO, brother. We'll, well see you next time. Talk to you later. That concludes this episode of The Toolbox. I really appreciate y'all listening. It has been my pleasure bringing you this awesome guest. If you like what you heard, please like, share, subscribe, and do all that awesome stuff. And I hope you can use some of the information that was offered. To all those putting on the line every day, first responders, military, veterans, civil servants, you guys are keeping us safe and keeping the country running. I really appreciate y'all. Hope to see you next time. Till then, stay open, stay humble, and stay focused. She won't.